Translation and Purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada. Translation Let me offer my respectful obeisances unto the all-pervading Supreme Personality of Godhead, who possesses unlimited transcendental qualities. Acting from within the core of the hearts of all philosophers who propagate various views, he causes them to forget their own souls while sometimes agreeing and sometimes disagreeing among themselves. Thus, he creates within this material world a situation in which they are unable to come to a conclusion. I offer my obeisances unto him. The purport is a bit long, but we'll read it. It's really nice. Purport. Since time immemorial, or since the creation of the cosmic manifestation, the conditioned souls have found various parties of philosophical speculation. But this is not true of the devotees. Non-devotees have different ideas of creation, maintenance and annihilation, and therefore they are called vadas and pratiwadis, proponents and counter-proponents. It is understood from the statement of Mahabharata that there are many munis or speculators. All speculators must disagree with other speculators, otherwise why should there be so many opposing parties concerned with ascertaining the supreme cause? Philosophy means finding the ultimate cause. As Vedanta Sutra very reasonably says, Athato Brahma Jigyasa, human life is meant for understanding the ultimate cause. Devotees accept that the ultimate cause is Krishna because his conclusion is supported by all Vedic literature and also by Krishna himself who says, Aham Sarvasya Prabhava. I am the source of everything. Devotees have no problem understanding the ultimate cause of everything. But non-devotees must face many opposing elements because everyone who wants to be a prominent philosopher invents his own way. In India, there are many parties of philosophers such as the Dvaitavadis, Advaitavadis, Vaisheshikas, um, Nimashakas, Mayavadis and Swabhavavadis. And each of them oppose the others. Similarly, in the Western countries, there are also many philosophers with different views of creation, life, maintenance and annihilation. Thus, it is undoubtedly a fact that there are countless philosophers throughout the world, each of them contradicting the others. Now, one might ask why there are so many philosophers if the ultimate goal of philosophy is one. Undoubtedly, the ultimate cause is one, the Supreme Brahma. As Arjuna told Krishna in Bhagavad Gita 10.12, You are the Supreme Brahma, the ultimate, the supreme abode and purifier, the absolute truth and the eternal divine person. You are the primal God, transcendental and original, and you are the unborn and all-pervading beauty. Non-devotee speculators, however, do not accept an ultimate cause, sarva karana karana, because they are ignorant and bewildered concerning the soul and its activities. Even though some of them have a vague idea of the soul, many controversies arise, and the philosophical speculators can never reach a conclusion. All of these speculators are envious of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and as Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita 16.19-20, Those who are envious and mischievous, who are the lowest among men, are cast by me into the ocean of material existence, into various demoniac species of life. Attaining repeated birth among the species of demoniac life, such persons can never approach me. Gradually, they sink down to the most abominable type of existence. Because of their envy to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Non-devotees are born in demoniac, demoniac families life after life. They are great offenders and because of their offenses, the Supreme Lord keeps them always bewildered. Kurvanti Chaisha Mohuratma Moham 
the Lord, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, purposefully keeps them in darkness, Atma Mohan. The great authority Parashara, the father of Vyasadeva, explains the Supreme Personality of Godhead thus. The demoniac speculators cannot understand the transcendental qualities, form, pastimes, strength, knowledge and opulence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, which are all free from material contamination. These speculators are envious of the existence of the Lord. Jagat Ahur Ani Vishram. Their conclusion is that the entire cosmic manifestation has no controller, but is just working naturally. Thus, they are kept in constant darkness, birth after birth, and cannot understand the real cause of all causes. This is the reason why there are so many schools of philosophical speculation. Om Agyanati Mirandasya Chantana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manorishtan Sthapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Svapagapadantikam Mukam Karoti Vachalam Pangum Langayate Virim Yatrapatamaham Vande Shri Guru Dinatarinam Vanchakalpatarubhyascha Vipasindubhya Evacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namo Namaha Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Arvaita Gadadhara Shri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna So we are reading the prayers which Daksha is offering to the Supreme Personality of God. These prayers are called as Hamsaguya prayers. So we read in the previous verses, we've been hearing from other different speakers how the Prachetas become very angry after they finish their austerities and they come out of the uh, water. They, had per- they were performing their austerities under the water. And once they come out of the water, they see that the whole world or the whole earth planet, there are, it has just become full of forests. Like no land is left for cultivation, not much land is left for residence. And they become very upset. And because of that, they start burning. They create fire and wind because of their power of their tapasya. And they start burning down the forests and they start blowing the winds away by creating a huge storm. So then Soma, Lord Soma or Soma Devta comes down who is the moon god. And obviously it is in his interest that the forests are preserved because he is in charge of vegetation on this earth planet. So he comes down and he pacifies them. And he gives them some instructions on how this should not be done by them, how they should curtail their anger and not demonstrate it in such a way and also not undo all the austerities they had done underwater for such a long time. So they, they acquired lots of credits, spiritual credits, pious credits, but by this action they were undoing all their actions, um, all the credits that they had acquired because what did Somadevta make them realize? that the trees or all living entities on this earth are actually the children of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So you will have done tapasya to please him, but at the same time now you all are doing this to his children. So Somadevata gave them these instructions and to pacify them, he arranges a girl in marriage, called from, it was an aksara called Pramlocha. So he arranges a girl for them to get married. And from that girl and the Prachetas union, Daksha was born. 
Now we heard so much about Daksha and so many cantos of the Srimad Bhagavatam, and especially like we were hearing on Saturday and Sunday when Jayanta Prabhu and Nandamandir Prabhu were speaking that Daksha is famous mainly like whenever the name Daksha comes to our mind, we always think of uh, the offence he did to Lord Shiva. That is the main thing that comes to our mind. So Daksha was one of the prajapatis. His role because this is the beginning of creation we are talking about. So his role was to create progeny. And he started creating, he created demigods, he created many human beings, different forms of species of serpents, trees, like he started populating this world. However, he was not very happy with the progeny that was getting created. So he at least realized that to have good progeny in this world, you need to do tapasya. Progeny is not created just by, you know, sexual union and the pleasure of a man and a woman. That is not the way to create progeny. So he realized the higher principle that to have to beget good living entities on this uh, in this world, you do need to do some austerities. You do need to attract the mercy of the supreme personality of Godhead, and by pleasing the Lord, you will attract good souls in this world. So realizing that, he actually takes sannyas. So even though he was a progenitor, he takes sannyas and he goes to a mountain to perform lots of austerities. And over there, the Lord appears to him, being pleased with him. And at that time, he is offering these Hamsaguya prayers to the Lord. So as part of those prayers, we can see today, he is offering obeisances to the Lord for his quality or his guna or his characteristic of actually bewildering the minds of those who do not want to surrender to him. Bewildering the minds of the speculators, mental speculators and so many philosophers who are there who do vad vivad. Like here also we are hearing the word vad vivad samvad. So who keep, who, who keep doing tarpavitar for the sake of argument and debate, they keep doing tarpavitar. They are never able to arrive at a single conclusion. And because of that, they are never able to surrender to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And he is glorifying the Lord. He is saying that to keep these people engaged in some activity because they do not want to surrender to you, you actually create confusion in their mind about the identity of the soul. What is the identity of the soul? What is the relationship of the soul with the Supreme? You create confusion in the mind because of which they continue their logic and their arguments and they never arrive at the conclusion. And to that Supreme Lord I offer my obeisances. So that is the gist of his prayers in this particular verse. Now in the purport we see Srila Prabhupada is saying that um, philosophy means finding the ultimate cause or ultimate cause. And Prabhupada says that the the goal of the human form of life, the fact that we have received the human form of life, the goal is Athato Brahma Jigyasa. That curiosity should be there in the heart to find out what is, what is the cause of my existence, what is the purpose of my existence, what is the goal, where do I have to reach. But we see in today's world, at least, you know, these mental speculators and philosophers, they are trying to understand something. Even though they are like arguing and they are not able to arrive at, a, at any conclusion, but they are at least trying to search for something in their own way. But if we see in today's world, no one is bothered. Like once His Holiness Devamrit Maharaj was giving class here in Melbourne and he said that nowadays the world, at least to, to align yourself to the doctrine of theism or atheism, you need to take a stand. You need to do some research and then you need to take a stand. Oh, I don't believe in the existence of God and therefore, you know, I'm, for example, I'm not religious and I don't believe and th therefore they align with atheism. Or to even be theistic, you have to do your research, 
do you know find out who is the supreme lord what are the what is his role what is what is my connection with him and i okay i do accept his authority and that is how the theism doctrine comes about however nowadays people are not bothered they are completely indifferent i don't care attitude so if you go out in the street especially in a western country like australia where we are all living if you go out on the streets you will find most of the people and you know in our offices we deal with such people do you think they are bothered on taking a stand whether god exists or does not exist no they just want to live life and make merry that's it just live life take it by day by day earn money spend it and just have fun in life material enjoyment just enjoying their senses so that is what we see today as well nobody is interested in doing athatogramya jigyasa nobody is interested in finding out what is that curiosity is not there only anybody in anybody's heart no one is interested in finding out what should i do why have i come on this earth planet why is someone in you know born in a poor country i am born in a rich country why is someone suffering with diseases but someone is very healthy but there is no jigyasa at all in their hearts because of the thick covering of material conditioning all they want to do is just enjoy their senses so in fact we are studying the chaitanya charitramrita um, with hisres uh, kesho prabhu right now the bhakti sarvabhoma course and in that we just started adi lila chapter 2 and in verse 1 you know it is you know that verse 1 is trying to establish the supreme position of lord chaitanya mahaprabhu and how do we accept him as the supreme personality of godhead so over there it says the first verse offers obeisances to the supreme lord and discusses a very beautiful point it discusses over there when that we can only understand the supreme personality of godhead lord krishna or chaitanya mahaprabhu when we have sufficient sumedhasa when we have sufficient pious spiritual credits in our bank account and therefore we see like nowadays what you know devanrit maharaj was talking about people being the indifferent class they do not have this sumedhasa and therefore they are not there is no eagerness there is no curiosity in their heart the heart doesn't desire only to find out anything or to connect with the source of their existence and that is because there is no sumedhasa in their life so sumedha and if we see canto 11 in the shrimad bhagavatam it discusses the advent of chaitanya mahaprabhu and over there also also it is says that people with sufficient spiritual intelligence will only be able to understand the existence of chaitanya mahaprabhu or the existence of even lord krishna so when and how do we cultivate this spiritual existence so if we see shrila prabhupar who is our founder acharya and our param guru he was not only spiritually intelligent we know he was he created this whole society on his guru maharaj's order but he was also very materially intelligent so we see all these philosophers and speculators which are being talked about in today's verse they consider themselves to be very intelligent materially but their spiritual intelligence is nil and therefore they are continuously confused and they are perpetually in that debate and argument of who is the supreme lord or is there a supreme lord and they do not arrive at any conclusion but shila prabhupad was both spiritually and materially intelligent he used to say i am a bengal man i am a calcutta boy he used to say in fact keshav prabhu was saying that shila prabhupad used to say that his own guru maharaj bhakti siddhanta saraswati thakur was a sadhu spiritually extremely intelligent but materially the way shila prabhupad managed this whole society now we know from the leelamrita we read there are so many differences prabhupad had to deal with so many ups and downs so many problems in acquiring different different temples the new york temple we know like you know devotees in their navy just sold it off 
and gave it away for some money. The Juhu temple struggle, Mayapur temple struggle. So we know Srila Prabhupada had to direct this whole team which was working under him, create, you know, keeping their spiritual intelligence sufficiently purified, but also keeping them materially very alert. So he was extremely good manager and therefore he was able to establish this society, this huge society of um, Krishna consciousness where people from all over the world could participate. He created that umbrella or that house in which every continent could come and participate. And if we go for example today to Mayapur, we see like you know people from every country are there like Russia, China, so many, India obviously but people from all countries are there living there peacefully practicing Krishna consciousness. And that was the expertise of Srila Prabhupada's material intelligence. So Srila Prabhupada, you know, Srila Prabhupada says that um, the spiritual intelligence, it comes from the process of bhakti. So how do we, how, how do these people who are conditioned right now, the indifferent class like Devamrit Maharaj was saying, how do they get this spiritual intelligence? And that comes only from the process of bhakti. By following the process of bhakti, uh, the intelligence gets purified. And this happens only when someone takes the shelter of the Daivi Prakriti. And therefore Prabhupada says, and Kesha Prabhu was mentioning in our class, that it is so important that we honor whatever instructions we have received from our previous Acharyas. So he stresses the importance of the distribution of the holy name, distribution of books and distribution of Mahaprasad. And we see our Melbourne temple, we are very fortunate to be part of this temple and this congregation where all these three are happening very nicely. We have, we have lot of like you know Harinams we see every almost, almost every day or every alternate day there is Harinam either in the city, the devotees take advantage of any public holidays or any events that are happening and the devotees are present there with Harinam to spread Harinam to people. So Harinam distribution is going on very nicely. The second thing Prabhupada says is distribution of books. Now we have stalwarts in our temple who distribute so many books. We have uh, Mahalakshmi Mataji, Vija Pitambar Prabhu, all the brahmacharis. Like so much distribution of books goes on. People like devotees go to far away places to distribute all these books of Srila Prabhupada and to give that mercy to people. And the third is Mahaprasadam, distributing of prasadam. And we know instead of Melbourne Mahaprabhu Mandir, this temple is called Melbourne Mahaprasadam Mandir. Like the type of prasadam we get in our temple so many times in a day, we have not, I don't think there's any other temple in the world which would come close to the prasadam distribution that happens in this way. Like offerings, obviously the standard has been set by Prabhupada, offerings might be happening in so many temples, but you know the mass distribution that we do, and especially during COVID lockdown, again devotees are so intelligent to take advantage of these situations and give benefit, spiritual benefit to people. So during the COVID lockdown, we saw how Manmohan Prabhu was tapping into so many resources available, like trying to get donations, tapping into resources, distributing food, getting it cooked, sorted, like so many activities were being done by the temple, just so that this mercy of Mahaprasadam reaches different people. So by distributing Harinam, by distributing books, by distributing Prasadam, we are actually giving an opportunity to people to come under the shelter of the Daivi Prakriti, to actually be able to participate in the process of bhakti. And by being able to participate in this process of bhakti, they are able to then sufficiently purify their intelligence because of which they will then at least that curiosity, that jigyasa will arise in their heart to find out who is the cause of existence, why have they come and what is the purpose of their life. 
So that was a very important point we discussed in our Chaitanya Charitamrita. That so our spiritual, um, you know, progress is proportional to one's surrender. And these three, the distribution of holy name, books, and prasadam, gives an opportunity for people to then surrender to the Lord. Obviously, yeah, like you know, sometimes we expect in our impatience we expect very quick results. And we say, oh, I've been preaching to this person for so many months, he's not chanting 16 rounds yet. So sometimes we become very impatient. But obviously the grass is at different levels, like Nandamandir Prabhu was saying on Sunday. Dry, anybody who's a dry grass, already they have some sukriti from their previous lives. They will take to it very quickly. But some grass might be wet. But still they are getting dry by the fire of all these um, devotional activities. The grass is becoming dry in the future, they definitely pick up. So this is, this is something which we discussed in the Chaitanya Charitramrita. Now as Prabhupada says here in the purport that we have different classes of people. Now we have the gross materialists or the fruitive workers and we have the empiric philosophers. These are the two main classes of people. And Krishna being very merciful, he is very merciful to devotees but he is merciful to all living entities, to all his children. So he gives engagement to everybody according to their level of progression in life. So for materialists, for gross materialists and for people who want to enjoy the fruit workers who just want to work hard and enjoy the fruits of their labor, Krishna gives them that particular engagement that okay keep enjoying your senses. Like work hard, earn money and then keep enjoying your senses. However, the uh, empiric philosophers, they are actually a high class higher than the fruitive workers. They have become, they have already become frustrated in their attempts to enjoy um, material life to satisfy their senses. They have started becoming a bit frustrated and therefore for them also Krishna has created an avenue. So for them, they have, they are trying to search for the absolute truth. They are trying to find out they are turning their faces to the absolute truth and but they are trying to know him, know, know him by mental speculation. That is their problem. They are frustrated over here but when they are turning to the absolute truth, they are trying to find out through mental speculation. Thank you. In fact, in Brahma Samhita, the famous verse which is there, Panthastu Koti Satavatsara Sampragamyu Vayo Rathapi Manaso Muni Punga Mana so over there in the uh, translation Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur writes that Muni, so the Muni over there is referred to as a mental speculator. Now they are thinking within their mind, you know Prabhupada says this, that, this, that, that Vad Vivad is going on in their mind and obviously it manifests externally in debates and arguments that they have with others. So Pungava means very expert material, mental speculator. So like this they keep thinking for years and years, Muni Pungavanam, for years and years they keep mentally speculating in their mind and Panthastu Koti Vachara, Koti means hundreds and lakhs of years they will keep speculating but they will not be able to come to the conclusion that they have to surrender to the Supreme Lord. In fact, Vayo Rathapi Manaso, they might keep speculating at the speed of Vayu, at the speed of wind and at the speed of mind, we know the speed of the mind. Like sitting here we think of India, we are in India. So sitting here wherever we think of our mind goes there. So it says Panthasukoti Satsara Sampragayam Vayo Rathapi Manaso Muni Pungavana. These expert mental speculators, they will keep thinking for years and years. Koti Vatsara, years and years they will keep thinking at the speed of wind and mind. But they will still not be able to reach the conclusion that they have to surrender to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. 
and that is because they are taking shelter of their material intelligence in trying to understand the supreme personality of god so we see lord krishna himself like you know we see lord krishna also presenting similar arguments like these mental speculators usually present we see him presenting similar arguments in a conversation with nanda maharaj during the govardhan leela so krishna had just delivered the wives of the brahmins in the previous chapter and the next chapter after the deliverance of the wives of brahmins is the lifting of the govardhan hill that is the, the whole govardhan leela past time happens starts from the next chapter so uh, the brahmanas if we see are considered gods on earth in india especially here people don't care but in india especially the brahmins are considered oh they are very elevated personalities and you know they come and do various pujas yagyas they they you know and they are priests in temples and also they are sort of gods on earth and it is their duty to actually preach to others and tell others about what is because they are gods on earth and they have been given that responsibility it is their duty to tell others about who is the source of existence and who is the supreme personality of godhead however we see most of the brahmins because they you know they are following this vedantic philosophy and they are engrossed in vad vivad and mental speculation they are instead of guiding people on the right spiritual path they sometimes misguide people and take them away from the from the ultimate goal of life so these brahmins also in krishna leela they were engaged in doing yagyas in doing vidhis in doing following the vedic principles however they had forgotten the goal samsiddhi haritoshana they had forgotten that the ultimate goal is to please the supreme personality of godhead and lord krishna could sense that and therefore he wanted to teach them a lesson he wanted to curb their pride and he wanted to smash their false ego and how does he do that how does he humiliate them and teach them a lesson he does that by showing them that their simple wives who had not studied so many vedas who might not have recited so many shlokas who might not be able to do such powerful big big yagyas they actually had understood what is the ultimate goal of all these vidhis and all these yagyas the ultimate goal is to satisfy lord krishna and that is what these wives had understood and therefore when we see the brahmin boys the cowherd boys go to ask for some food for krishna and balaram saying that they are very hungry the brahmins ignore them prabhupada says that you know if somebody says no to you at least there is that acknowledgement of your existence but in this particular case the brahmins didn't even recognize that the cowherd boys have come you know if somebody ignores you it's the worse worse insult than somebody saying no to you so brahmins did not even acknowledge these cowherd boys are there they kept asking for food and these people continued doing their yagya so then they go back disappointed and then krishna tells them okay go to the wives of the brahmins they will give you food so when they go to the wives they very eagerly because the wives brahmins wives had heard lots of stories about krishna and balaram from all the gopis who used to come to their village to sell milk butter to sell all the milk products so by hearing just the glories of krishna and balaram their spiritual intelligence had been sufficiently purified that sumedasa was already there in their heart to surrender to the supreme lord and therefore immediately they pick up all the offerings and they rush to krishna and balaram and in this way krishna teaches a lesson to the brahmins what is actually surrender and how these big big vedantic studies not going to help them to surrender to the supreme lord so after this past time krishna and balaram stay in that village for some time and over there they observe nanda maharaj actually doing lots of preparations and you know like all the brajwasis were busy gathering some materials and all that 
and that time Krishna goes and asks Nanda Maharaj. And we, we won't go into the details of what he asks and all that. But when Nanda Maharaj says that they were preparing for a yajna to be or sacrifice to be offered for the pleasure of Indra, because he is the god of rains and he is the one who is sustaining us, who is sustaining our cows, who is sustaining our agricultural lands and all that. And over there, Krishna actually um, presents five arguments, five or six arguments to Nanda Maharaj. So after teaching a lesson to the gods on earth, he then wanted to teach a lesson to the god in heaven who had been misled by his own pride and false ego. So, he actually um, uh, gives a, a few arguments. So, he says that, uh, so the Govardhan meal actually begins in this village. Like I said, it just happens after the deliverance of the Brahmin's wives. And because Indra had been misled, he was thinking himself to be the cause of all causes and the supreme <coughs> controller just because he was supplying rain to the earth planet. So Krishna decided it is now time to teach a lesson to the God on heaven, a God in heaven as well. So he actually um, gives five or six arguments to Nanda Maharaj. And these arguments were nothing but atheistic arguments. He talks about karma mimansa philosophy, as we've read in Srila Prabhupada's purport. If we study that chapter in Tenth Canto, that how karma is everything, how karma is supreme. What you do good will come back to you. So he talks about the karma mimansa philosophy. He also talks about other materialistic philosophies. Where he establishes that how you know somebody who does something for you. They are the cause and therefore you just worship them. And in that way by presenting various philosophies. And he says that man's own effort is you know the highest. You do efforts and you will get the results. So that way he some, somehow you know convinces Nanda Maharaj. Because what he wanted to do was, like, owing to his high position, Indra had forgotten his dear self and he had overcome by illusion. He had become falsely proud. And therefore, he was committing an offence to Lord Krishna by not recognising his supreme position. So, over here, like, over there we see Krishna presents these arguments to Nanda Maharaj, these atheistic arguments. And over here also we see that Srila Prabhupada is explaining in this verse, how the philosophers are forgetting who the supreme personality of Godhead is, who the cause of all causes is. And Lord Krishna over there in the Bhagavatam lifts the Govardhan hill just to demonstrate to Indra who is the cause of all causes. <laughs> that was his whole purpose. Obviously the Leela had many, like he wanted all the Rajvasis to be gathered under, like together for seven days. He wanted to satisfy that desire. But the main thing was to make Indra realize who is the cause of all causes. So he he's, you know, talks about these arguments, karma mimansa philosophy, how nature is supreme. Um, and after through all this, we see that actually apparently Nanda Maharaj agrees to stop these uh, the sacrifice that he was going to Indra to do to Indra, and he gets apparently convinced by Krishna's atheistic philosophies which he presents. And thus he says, okay, we will direct the all this yajna preparations that we've done. We we will direct it to none other than Govardhan. So this, you know, Prabhupada explains over there in the purport that was it Krishna's atheistic philosophies or the arguments that he gave, five to six arguments about karma, mimamsa and all that, was it that which convinced Nanda Maharaj and the Vrajavasis? He says no. He says that the main thing which convinced Nanda Maharaj and the Vrajavasis was the innate desire in their heart to always please Lord Krishna. So we see sometimes, you know, you know, through all these uh, studies that we do of the Bhagavatam, of the Chaitanya Charitramrita, these philosophies 
are, you know, these philosophers and speculators are definitely people outside in the world. But they are also thought processes in our own mind. So we sometimes have, what, what, what happens when a person is a mental speculator and then he is an empiric philosopher. He creates his own philosophies based on his false ego, being under the illusion of uh, Maya and being falsely proud of his immaterial intelligence. He creates various theories and philosophies which then create resistance in the heart of such a person to surrender to Lord Krishna. And we see in our lives also, sometimes we have so many, so many um, thought processes going in our own mind which do not allow us to surrender to Lord Krishna. There is that resistance in our heart to allow Lord Krishna or Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's instructions to flow properly. And that is the same resistance which these mental speculators face in surrendering to Lord Krishna. However, when we take this example of Nanda Maharaj and the Brajvasis and why they completely agreed with Krishna's proposal is because there was no resistance in their heart at all. Their only goal in life is to allow Krishna's control in their lives. To allow Krishna's desire to manifest in their lives and their only purpose is to how to satisfy Krishna somehow. So it was not the philosophies which Krishna presented, which one Nanda Maharaj over, oh now you have convinced me. And Nanda Maharaj did not present resistance over there. He did not say that, oh you are a small child, what are these arguments you are presenting to me? We have been doing this uh, yagyas and this puja since generations in our family. And now you are coming and telling me I should break off this tradition? You are telling me not to follow my family culture? How can I do that? Nanda Maharaj could have always easily done that. And we see this resistance when we actually go and try to like tell people about Krishna consciousness or about Vaishnavism. We see this resistance come to, to us in the form of arguments like, Oh, in my family we have been doing like this for many years. Or our tradition says, my grandmother, my grandparents, they used to follow this, this, this. So we cannot follow this particular thing. Like We see this type of resistance, family culture, tradition. It's there in our family since generations. We see many of this resistance come up when we try to convince people about Vaishnavism or Bhakti. But in the Nanda Maharaj and Rajvasi's heart, their only desire is the satisfaction of Krishna. And therefore there was no resistance and they immediately agreed to uh, surrender to Lord Krishna's desire. And therefore they did the Govardhan Puja and then, you know, the lifting of the Govardhan happened by which Krishna was able to smash Indra's pride. So if we take this just out of context, when we hear these philosophies, like you know what Krishna is presenting and if we take them out of context, we might think Krishna is a propagator of atheism. And on the other hand, if we see Lord, uh, not Lord, but if on the other hand, if we see Hiranyakashipu, in the Bhagavatam it is described that when Hiranyaksha was killed by Varahadev and Hiranyakashipu, uh, Hiranyaksha's wives were obviously lamenting over the dead body of Hiranyaksha, Hiranyakashipu gives big philosophy to them. He is actually preaching the Bhagavad Gita. And over there, he actually presents theistic philosophy. He says that, why are you lamenting? The soul is eternal. It is just the body that is there. Can you imagine Hiranyakashipu preaching all this? He is saying ultimately, you know, there is one cause from whom all of us have come. He is preaching all these things to the wives of Hiranyaksha. So if we, if we just take the philosophy which is being preached by a person and out of context and we don't associate it with the actions or the goal that that person has in mind, we might actually misconstrue someone's uh, preaching. 
so if with hiranyakashipu his goal was ultimately that i should be considered supreme and how you know he wanted to defeat vishnu and over here krishna is using atheistic philosophies in the service in service he is using so you know, prabhupad says that whenever we are also coming across these you know arguments or these logic arguments and all that we actually use the same so prabhupad used to actually train his disciples not only to be spiritually intelligent but also to be intelligent in the matter of logic and argument he said that disciple my disciple should be very expert in that particular area as well because if you go to preach to someone on the basis of shastras if they do not have sufficient faith and that sumedasa is still not there they will reject your 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 preaching they will say i don't believe in shastra they will say how do i believe in your scriptures which say that there are elephants who can uh, there are eagles who carry elephants and there are rivers of mango juice or there are oceans of sugarcane juice and ghee and milk how do i believe all this so you see we need some faith to be able to follow you know all these scriptures however prabhupada says that if you talk to people who are more logical and who are more reasoning minded then we present our arguments accordingly to them and to show this like once shrila prabhupada was preaching in mit and in mit after he gave a class somebody was arguing with shrila prabhupada as usual because mit highly intelligent people study so somebody was arguing with shrila prabhupada so prabhupada says that you are telling me you know you are arguing all this and you are studying in this big institute called mit but where is the knowledge of almighty shrila prabhupada challenged him like that and in that university shrila prabhupada once again questioned like he used to do in all universities and schools he said he said you have these huge departments for you know engineering for understanding chemical technology like you have all these to understand computers so many big departments are there but there is no department to understand where did this existence come from there is no department to understand whether you are the body or you the you are the soul so like we see shrila prabhupada was very expert in preaching according to time place and circumstance he would not always quote shastras if he has gone to preach in mit and all that he would not say oh the bhagavatam says and the ishopanishad says like that he would then present arguments based on logic and reasoning and prabhupada would train his disciples also to do like that because he said that we should be able to present ourselves that we are not sentimentalists who follow shastras without having applied our intelligence we have applied our intelligence we know the logic and reasoning and therefore we are following the shastras so that was shila prabhupada's mood all the time so we see that you know atheism can be used in the service of lord krishna and that can be seen in the govardhan leela so ultimate purpose of lord krishna's arguments was to bring nanda maharaj back and you know perform that sacrifice for the pleasure of govardhan which was obviously govardhan is non different from krishna so for it was for his own pleasure that he made that happen so we see that the sum and substance of all philosophies is actually the pleasure of the supreme lord shri krishna now uddhava's life if we see if we study uddhava's life like in the 11th can canto uddhava gita is there but even earlier maitreya muni meets uddhava and they have a really beautiful conversation and over there uddhava actually talks about you know whatever he had heard from lord krishna before lord krishna departed from this earth so we see uddhava telling what he had understood and how he was able to come out of any you know speculation and you know other philosophies that might have been in his mind so prabhupada says that uddhava's life is actually a symbol or an emblem of the chatur shloki bhagavatam how he has lived that chatur shloki bhagavatam 
and over there in that purport prabhupad says that these four verses are very important and they are taken from the shri bhagavat uh, shrimad bhagavatam they are particularly taken out by the mayavadi philosophers to suit their own means so prabhupad says that the verses of bhagavatam are purely theistic science and uh, uh, which are to be understood only by devotees and they are unavailable to mental speculators and prabhupad says that they are offenders mental speculators who try to you know write purports or who try to write uh, their own commentaries on the bhagavatam they actually become offenders at the lotus feet of lord shri krishna because they distort the purports of the bhagavad gita and bhagavatam and like you know in this verse we were saying that they keep going down and down in the lower species of life and ultimately these mental speculators are led to an uh, hell called andatamishra so as confirmed in the bhagavad gita such envious philosophers or speculators are without knowledge and are surely contemned life after life now if we see the life of shri shankaracharya whom prabhupad quotes in this particular purport so he preached the mayavadi philosophy for a particular reason you know he says in fact in the bhagavatam also it is there between in the conversation between lord shiva and parvati where actually he says that i was instructed by my worshipable lord krishna to go and preach this asat shastram to go and preach this uh, temporary philosophy called mayavad so prabhupad says that he was sent for that particular purpose so of that philosophy at that time why is it temporary philosophy it is not eternal philosophy because at that time it was required to defeat the buddhist philosophy that was present of the non existence of the spirit soul but it was never meant for perpetual acceptance it was not meant for eternal acceptance that okay this is a philosophy which is there forever it was for that particular time place and circumstance and it was only in that context that that philosophy had to be applied and therefore we see actually we see shankaracharya is a covered personalist he has actually written the bhajagovindam song where he says that you know everybody should worship krishna otherwise you are muramathe you are actually a fool he says but shankaracharya's philosophers the mayavadis today are going ahead and writing commentaries on bhagavatam and bhagavad gita which shankaracharya never did because he knew it would become an offense at the lotus feet of krishna so he never wrote that commentary but his fellows uh, disciples or his followers are doing that they are writing these commentaries and thus they are becoming offenders onto the pure theistic science of krishna consciousness and prabhupada says for them that the doors of hell are completely open and you know when we talk about mental speculators and philosophers the one pastime which comes to our mind is chaitanya mahaprabhu's visit to south india now gaur purnima is also coming up very soon next week is gaur purnima so we thought we'll dwell a little bit on how chaitanya mahaprabhu dealt with all these mental speculators and philosophers during his visit to south india so it is described that uh, when he visited south india in the madhya leela chapter 9 verse 1 this whole pastime is described obviously it goes for many chapters but it starts in madhya leela chapter 9 verse 1 so after chaitanya mahaprabhu had taken sanyas he goes to jagannath puri for some time where he actually delivers sarvabhauma bhattacharya and after that he actually proceeds to south india so it is said by prabhupada in the purports also and by our um, gurus and acharyas it is said that to inaugurate the hare krishna the hari naam sankirtan movement for which chaitanya mahaprabhu had mercifully appeared on this earth he did not inaugurate it in navdvipam because in navdvipam there were there was so much we know like when chaitanya mahaprabhu was enacting his pastimes as nimai pandit 
that Navadvipam was a seat for just grammar, logic, dry arguments. And therefore, Advaita Acharya had to pray for the advent of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, for the advent of Krishna on this earth planet to deliver all those people in, you know, Navadvip which Advaita Acharya was seeing. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu felt they are still not ready to receive this Harinam Sankirtan which I have come to inaugurate. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu actually does it in South India. So, when he visits South India, it says that Nana Matra Graha Grastam Dakshinaya Janadvipam Kriparina Vimuchyaitam Gauras Chakresa Vaishnavana. So, the translation is Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu converted the inhabitants of South India. These people were as strong as elephants. But they were in the clutches of the crocodiles of various philosophies such as Buddhist, Jain and Mayavad philosophies. With his disc of mercy, the Lord delivered them all by converting them into Vaishnava devotees of the Lord. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he, when he went, he saw that there are many people over there. In South India was full of mental speculators, Mayavad, because obviously Shripa Chankaracharya's seat was South India. So there were too many Mayavadis over there and they were presenting various atheistic philosophies or their own concorded uh, version of who is the supreme and who is Brahman and all that. So they were very pious people but because in, in spite of their piety they were caught in the jaws of Mayavad or they were caught in the jaws of mental speculation. And in the purport Srila Prabhupada describes that this particular incident is you know akin to Lord Krishna or Vishnu coming and delivering Gajendra. So just as in the translation we read that with the disc of mercy Chaitanya Mahaprabhu delivered all these people. In the same way Lord Vishnu flew on Garuda to deliver Gajendra from the powerful jaws of that crocodile. So this crocodile is this mental speculators which are you know speculation and philosophy which is tightly gripped which was tightly gripping these otherwise pious people. They were not able to come out of it. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did that wonderful task of actually releasing his Sudarshan Chakra. So piety is of no use, it is of no use if it is not being used to surrender to Krishna. So there was only one way to come out of this mental speculation and that was the mercy of Lord Krishna which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu released or gave when during his South India visit. And then further over here we see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is talking about different philosophers whom he met and how he delivered all of them. So it says that on the plea of visiting all those um, holy places, the Lord converted many thousands of residents and thus delivered them. Simply by touching the holy places, he made them into great places of pilgrimage. So the, it, the South India was full of these mental speculators and with the power of Harinam, the Lord actually delivered them. So if we see Chaitanya Krishna also says that he does not reveal himself to the Mudas or he does not reveal himself to these mental speculators and he is not under any obligation to come and deliver them. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu being Mahavadanya, the mercy incarnation of Lord Krishna, he actually went to South India to give his association to all these people. He, through the power of Harinam and through his own personal darshan, all of these people's hearts were completely turned around and they became all great Vaishnavas. So it says that ultimate solution to all doubts, you know they had so many doubts but it is the experience which one receives when one associates with such a great personality like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So they could not enter into the you know stem of the lotus feet of Lord Krishna but just by taking of Lord Krishna they got that particular mercy and therefore they were able to convert to Vaishnavism. 
So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wanted to crush, just as Krishna wanted to crush the pride of Indra, Krishna wanted to crush the pride of the Brahmins through his, uh, through their wives. In the same way, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wanted to crush the uh, pride of all these South Indian mental speculators. And how did he crush that pride? Because he saw that all their arguments, all their philosophies were just based on the illusion that they were under and were just based on their false pride and their false ego. And because everyone is working on their false ego, these mental speculators are never able to arrive at one conclusion. Like in today's translation we saw, they will keep having arguments with each other and they will never be able to come to one particular conclusion because everyone is arguing based on their false ego and everyone wants, wants their false ego to, ego to prevail. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wanted to work through that false ego and he wanted to give them the mercy of Harinan. So simply by his darshan and the power of holy name, he delivered all of them. He delivered their, you know, false pride in spinning shastras according to their mental ability. And he made them into complete. So South India became a completely Vaishnava country, it is said, which was a great achievement. That is why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's South India visit was such a special one. Because he was able to convert. In fact, there were many, for, there were, even there were Vaishnavas who were followers of Lord Ram, there were Tattvavadis. In fact, Ramanujacharya's followers were there. But just by the association of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, all of them started becoming Krishna worshippers. In fact, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu visited a Ram temple, one Brahmin invited him for Prashad. And that Brahmin was an ardent devotee of Lord Ram. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu saw that he was continuously chanting Krishna's names. And he asked him that, you are a Ram Bhakta, why are you chanting Krishna's name? And that time the Brahmin replied, that since, since the time you have come into our village and you have been, you know, chanting this Hare Krishna Mahamantra throughout our village, you have been doing Harinam Sankirtan, my tongue cannot stop, but my tongue cannot stop chanting this name of Lord Krishna. So even though since generations we are, you know, Ram Bhaktas, but just by your powerful association, you know, I have, I'm feeling so much attraction for Lord Krishna. So once, um, you know, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, during the same South Indian visit, there were some Buddhist philosophers. They were extremely proud. The leader of the Buddhist philosophers was extremely proud. So he actually comes to have argument with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And when he comes and has these arguments, he presents nine principles of Buddhism. Buddhism's nine principles he presents to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu saw that this person I cannot deliver by means of law, uh, like presenting Srimad Bhagavatam or you know presenting the uh, uh, scriptural references of how Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead. I will not be able to convince him like that. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu through his own logic, we know like when he was Nimai Pandit, he was the greatest logician. So through logic and argument, he completely defeated this Buddhist leader who had come there with a big, with a big uh, following of his disciples. Now when this Buddhist leader got completely defeated, all the people who had, you know, gathered over there, who had already converted to Vaishnavism because of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy, they all started laughing at this particular leader. Now we know that, like we've been discussing that these mental speculators are mostly riding on the strength of their false ego. So obviously if someone's laughing at him, his false ego was extremely pricked and he became very upset. And he felt insulted and he went away, taking his disciples. But later on he started forming a plot with his disciples on how to bring about the downfall of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So what he does is he creates a big plate of untouchable food, like he puts meat and all that and just covering, our, uh, covering, our, covering it them up with some 
substances which look like vegetables and he creates this whole plate of so called delectable prashadam and he starts brings it to chaitanya mahaprabhu and he says that oh i have come to offer mahaprasad to you so obviously chaitanya mahaprabhu is you know he knows everything he is the he is omnipotent he is present in everyone's heart so he knew what this was but he did not do he did not take any action he did not chastise this buddhist leader and in the meantime a bird flew in that assembly and that bird picked up that whole plate and while carrying that whole plate all that untouchable food fell on the buddhist leader and all the disciples the one which they wanted to feed chaitanya mahaprabhu they became covered in all that meat and that untouchable food and on top of that the bird also dropped that plate on the head of the leader so when that plate uh, struck the leader's head the side of the plate struck him, struck him and he fell down unconscious because it was a heavy metal plate and he was, his head was bleeding and he fell down unconscious so when the disciples saw this there there was a big hahakar hi hi they started doing and they all fell at the feet of chaitanya mahaprabhu and they all requested him they said that we accept you my lord as the supreme personality of godhead you please revive our guru he has not only fallen unconscious because of the material uh, uh, calamity on him but also because he is spiritually blind so you please you know deliver and bring him back to consciousness so chaitanya mahaprabhu said he said that because how come you are all surrendering now and they said that we had we had always been attracted to your beautiful face to your beautiful form it was so attractive that we were not able to resist ourselves but because this philosophy is so ingrained in our heart we have just you know grown up with this philosophy we are not able to give it up but today we can see that we tried to commit this offense at your lotus feet but obviously we could not be successful in our plot so therefore we do surrender unto you and you please revive our guru so that time chaitanya mahaprabhu instructs these disciples he says that you chant the name of hari you all first chant loudly and then go and chant it in the ears of your guru and he will definitely become revived so all the disciples start like there was a huge uproar they all start chanting the holy names loudly and then they also go and chant it in the ears of the guru and when the guru revives just by hearing the holy name as soon as he revives he also loudly says <coughs> hari hari he loudly chants and shila prabhupad explains and uh, you know in one of the lectures i was hearing it was said that usually a guru delivers a disciple from the he shows him the right path and he delivers him from the clutch of birth disease old age and death however because these disciples did not show that resistance which we also see in nanda maharaj's um, example that how they did not show that resistance they allowed chaitanya mahaprabhu to control their hearts and they did not put up that resistance of their speculation anymore they surrendered themselves therefore they received the empowerment and the mercy of chaitanya mahaprabhu and because of that they were actually this time the disciples are able to deliver the guru usually a mantra is given by the guru to the disciple but this time the disciples are giving the mantra to the guru so shrila prabhupad says that when we take this principle in our own life if we also don't resist and we allow krishna and chaitanya mahaprabhu to take control of our hearts we will be empowered in terms of our teaching as well we will become instruments in their desire because krishna wants to deliver the whole world chaitanya mahaprabhu came to deliver the whole world through hari naam sankirtan so when we allow them to take control of our heart without you know resisting with our own theories and ideas we will become instruments we will become empowered to then deliver so many people through our teaching and we will be able to present 
proper arguments and logic like Srila Prabhupada wanted all his disciples to do and we will become, we will become um, um, instruments of the act of compassion that they want to show. The disc of mercy which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu showed to the South Indian um, country, to the South Indian people in becoming Vaishnavas, we will also become that instrument of spreading that mercy to the, uh, all these conditioned souls. So it's time up, we'll end the class here. I know it was a bit of a philosophical class, but the topic was like that. Any questions, corrections, questions? This question always keep coming in my mind. Where is the evil come from? If everything, everything is because of the Krishna. Krishna is this, is this the cause of everything. Then why, why is evil around? Where is the, where is the, where is the origin of the evil? Why, why, why did evil come at the first place? Um, so the question is that if there is a, like if, if Krishna is the cause of everything and he is the source, how did evil come? How like what was the first time when you know this happened, why did people move away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a million dollar question which has been asked in this uh, you know Krishna consciousness movement for many many years. Um, but the main origin of us coming down, living entities, like we were all very um, engrossed or engaged in the service of Lord Krishna because Jivera Swarupoy Krishna Nityadas and the soul is the part and parcel of Lord Krishna. So we were all engaged in the service of Lord Krishna, but sometimes just as a child, even though he might be obedient to his father, now again this is my understanding. So just as a child might be very obedient to his father, but he might get a desire sometimes to experience certain things in his life which actually are not in aligned with the father's goal. So in the spiritual world, Krishna is the center. Like we saw in the example of Nanda Maharaj and the Prajvasis, everybody in the spiritual world, their desire is only the satisfaction of Krishna's desire. But as you know, naughty children who, who are obedient, who wanted to serve Krishna, but that little desire was there that why can't I be the center and why can't I be served? Why do I always have to serve? And that is how this whole, you know, this whole material world started because Krishna is a very merciful father. So just as if a child wants to drive a car, this example is often given. If a child wants to drive a car but he's too young to drive a car, then the father either takes him to go-kart where he can drive the car and he gets the feeling of driving. Or he can take him to that virtual games where you know that steering wheel is there but you're sitting in a chair and you're just being virtually thinking you're driving. So the, the father might arrange these things. So in the same way for our the, the desire which we had in our heart for the satisfaction of our desire, then Krishna mercifully created this material world where we think we are the controllers and we think we are the enjoyers. But the whole purpose of the material world we have to understand is to frustrate a jiva's endeavors to enjoy this material world separately from Krishna. That can never be done. So Krishna is a very loving father. He will never force us to love him. Because if, a lo if love is forced, then that is not love. No, like Parents cannot force a child to love them. Some, parents, some children will love their parents, some children might not love their parents so much. But you can never force love on someone. So in the same way, Krishna is also a very loving father and he does not force his children to love him. But whenever, and for children who don't, are not ready to love him at this particular point in time, he allows their free will to prevail. And that is how we see this origin of condition, you know, we becoming conditioned in the material world and 
like experimenting with so many different things and therefore this power of Harinam, book distribution, prasadam distribution so that people who have strayed away from the goal of serving their father again realize that goal and then start serving their father. So that is how because of our free will and Krishna not wanting to impose his instructions or his godhood on us which created this whole thing. It started like that. I hope it answers. Thank you, Mother. Uh, one question regarding, uh, you mentioned in the class that those who are uh, more, more inclined towards uh, fruitive results, uh, they, I want more examples, some more examples like those who have enjoyed too much, too much in their lives and eventually they said we, we, need, we need to seek the truth, absolute truth. I want to know some examples like what like what happens when person comes to the peak, uh, like when their wish comes to stop of like doing material material things. What's what 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 should be done in, in, in that case? So with fruitive workers like gross materialists who are just trying to enjoy in this material world, um, again there are two classes. Like Krishna always says that you know, you need piety. The pious surrender to him, but the impious still do not surrender to him. So, for example, what you are saying that, you know, people who become frustrated in their attempts of enjoyment, most of the people will become frustrated. Because like I said, the whole purpose of this material world is to frustrate a jiva. So that then we turn towards Lord Krishna. And we take, you know, we surrender to him and we tell him enough. I've, I've experimented enough. I've experienced enough. I want to now serve your lotus feet. I know you are the supreme enjoyer. I am not the enjoyer because I am not able to enjoy. And you know, this birth disease, old age death will keep, keep actually thwarting our attempts to enjoy this material world. Like, you know, somebody might be very rich, but disease will, some disease comes and, you know, they are not able to enjoy. Or somebody loses their child prematurely and they are not able to enjoy. So we see there is so much misery which people are going through. So everyone is getting frustrated at some point of time, if not now, later on, they are getting frustrated in their attempts to enjoy this material world. But there is some piety which is needed to then turn towards Lord Krishna. So if that uh, Sukriti is not there, that Sumedhisa which we say, the Sukriti is not there, they will still not turn to Lord Krishna. Then they will turn to something else. They turn to alcoholism or they turn to drugs or they turn to self-harm sometimes if they become too frustrated and there is no way out that they see then they might do self-harm or something like that or depression, anxiety, so many cases we see like that but people who have some piety they will then eventually try to find out why am I here, why am I suffering, why are bad things happening to me what is the purpose of my existence and that will then bring them to the path and that, that is where devotees, the last section of our class which we were saying, that if devotees become instruments in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Lord Krishna's desire to reclaim these conditioned souls, then actually we can empower, we become empowered to then help these conditioned souls who are ready to turn to Krishna. But and that Sukriti we create by distributing the holy name. So in Harinam also, like people keep hearing the holy name, it is creating Sukriti. Somebody might eat a cookie, it is creating Sukriti. Somebody might even touch a book, it is creating that Sukriti for them. Somebody might unknowingly serve a devotee. Like our devotees are spread in our office, schools, colleges. If somebody even unknowingly serves, it is creating that Sukriti. Later on in their life, it could be this lifetime, millions of lifetimes later, when they become thwarted in their material attempts, that Sukriti will help them then to turn towards the right path. 
so that is these are the examples and we see so many people who have become futile like who have become frustrated at their attempts to enjoy this material world and they have turned to krishna ultimately any other questions thank you mataji for your class prabhupada is giving example atato pranidhyasa you want to explain it more about atato so like we mentioning in the beginning of the class prabhupada mentions that in the purport also today so the goal of human existence is atato brahmajigyasa otherwise you, there is no difference between human beings and animals that is the goal like because human beings have been given that higher intelligence as compared to the lower species that higher intelligence has to be used by human beings in searching out the truth in finding out what is the goal what is what is uh, the connection between them and the supreme is there a supreme so that is the whole purpose of this human existence and that is where we see that these empiric philosophers are at least trying to do that as compared to you know gross materialists so they are trying to do that but they are getting caught up in you know these different different philosophies because and because of that they are not able to arrive at the conclusion that the atho brahma jigyasa should lead to surrender to the supreme personality of god but that particular statement is meant for human beings for to you know be inquisitive about their existence and trying to find out the source of their existence Nilanda class here Grandfather Shri Mangalvatam ki Shri Lakshmi Prabhupada ki Jai Nitai Gopi Mani